0: welcome to the strategic talent management people solution podcast we solve your people challenges people are the most important ingredient for your business or organization's success we believe the way to take your organization to the next level begins with knowing your people and yourself Welcome to Strategic Talent Management's People Solutions Podcast. I am Sue MacArthur, President of STM. Today, I have two of our team members back with us, um, Art Roulet, our CEO, and Alyssa Currett, our account executive. And we're also very yeah. pleased to have back Jim Robbins. Yay! Um, in our nice. last episode of the podcast, he talked a lot about assessments in general and spectrum assessments in particular. So welcome back,
1: Jim. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. So I thought in this episode, we talked a lot about what assessments do and, and the difference between behavioral assessments and others. But I think what I'd, I'd like to dig into now are issues about validity and reliability. And, and one question that has come up more often recently is is the issue of privacy and informed consent. Um, right. We had a person in particular who was not happy that her boss got a copy of her assessment results, even though it was her boss who who ordered the assessments, and she was she was quite upset about that. And I'm I'm sure it's a question that you've had to deal with before. So let's start off the conversation by talking about that.
1: Sure. Um, so with that, we we build our system so that it's very flexible. Um, in that you can decide who gets a copy of the assessment as the administrators. So if you were working with, uh, I've had people where they were working as coaches. And within that, the the organization was not going to get a copy of the assessment. So with that, you just would not include their email in the settings to get a copy of the assessment. Um, other times you may not want the assessment taker to get a copy of it. For hiring, we typically would not have them get a copy of their assessment. It's not a coaching uh, you know, exercise or anything. Uh, however, in Canada, in certain parts, they are required if you give an assessment and in other, certain other countries um, to give the person a copy of their assessment. So therefore, you just check a box and say, send that to them as well, send it to the HR manager or the hiring manager. Uh, so we're very flexible on how that is done so that we can accommodate whatever the situation is. If it's in, in a hiring type of thing, even if it's internal hiring and... Uh, Obviously, that should be shared with the manager. They're the ones who requested it. It just needs to be known by the employee that um, that that is going to happen. And uh, also, before they even take an assessment, there's a huge acknowledgement that has the privacy statement in it. It has a general release. It has some information about if this is used in hiring, it should only be a percentage or a portion of the hiring process and all of that kind of good legal stuff and acknowledgement uh, is all in there. And so they have the opportunity to read through there and either accept it and take the assessment or not accept it and not take the assessment. That choice is theirs at that point.
0: Another question we will get on occasion is that of, is this legal to use in hiring selection right and uh, what where where does the the law stand on this and and what is an appropriate use in terms of of using these tools whether it's your assessment or, or any others um, in the decision making process
1: right so the big thing uh, with the EEOC and what they require or what they recommend, is that um, the assessment is only used as one third of the hiring uh, process. So you still don't wanna throw out uh, interviews or um, references or background checks, all of that kind of stuff in there. Uh, And also it needs to be valid. And so one of the big things is face validity. So that if we looked at that assessment, what we say it's measuring for example leadership uh, is i can look at it and on the face value of that questionnaire i can tell that this is a leadership measurement tool as opposed to a generic and there's there's a tool out there that's used by a lot of people Um, it's sort of a foundational thing uh, which is called axiology we've advanced that science and, and gone beyond that, but their original questionnaire had questions on it. And these are still used out in the world for hiring, uh, blowing up an airliner in flight poisoning the city's water supply, uh, love of a baby. Love, you know, th- there's, there's some questions on there that are huge risk management. They don't meet what the EEOC would call, uh, for, and there's no face validity. If you're coming Mm -hmm. in and I'm hiring you as a secretary and ask you about blowing up an airliner or poisoning the city's water supply, uh, what's that got to do with whether you're going to be a capable secretary, unless I'm worried that you're going to poison, poison the water thing or something weird. Um, you know,
2: I'm going to interject here and say, uh, Jim and I both know, who we're talking about, but uh, that was one reason STM made the decision, I don't know, what was it, 10, 12 years ago to switch to spectrum assessments because those kind of things behind the scenes, on the surface, the report looks very similar, but this is why we work with Jim because he understands face validity. He knows the EEOC laws and regulations. And uh, that one point he just brought up was was always an issue for us, but uh, with the spectrum assessments, if it says it's a leadership assessment, you'll have questions about being a leader, being a manager, doing reviews, all the things that are very familiar to leaders. That's what gives it the specificity and the value, as far as we're concerned.
1: And what... the verbal linguistics of of those things as well. Uh, and and I talked about in our previous um, session about having someone and knowing that their state of mind and what I'm measuring is what they're thinking about. And so when I'm I'm measuring, I want to know when you're in a leadership position, these are your thoughts as a leader. This is how you value things. So this is your emotional bias in that role and not you're going through some things at home or there's some other things going on. And so it's just some generic you know, large scale uh, assessment that makes no sense. And when I get this report, yes, it it looks like it's a leadership report, but what it's founded on, I have no idea what that person was thinking about.
2: Could you you talk more about EEOC because we've used that for years and it's in the top of every hiring assessment we do that this should only be, you know, 30 to 40% of your decision-making. Are there other hard I mean, you mentioned that was a guideline, but I always understood there was also a guideline. I guess that's what it would qualify, that you can certainly use assessments in your selection process, but you need to use two or three distinctly separate systems. Can you comment on some of those other laws or guidelines, Jim?
1: Well, the biggest thing is... Um, and people do all the time, they can use whatever tool they want. Mm-hmm. And a- as we've discussed, there's some some strange stuff that people use or, or not valid, where there's been no validity studies to statistically say that what they measure uh, or say they measure is what they're actually measuring. Uh, but people still use them. Um, the biggest thing is the risk management side of it. Um, and if you get sued or legally challenged on a tool are you going to be able to defend that tool that you used um you know there's certain things that uh and, and not to name names but uh there's there's tools where you're checking off a list of adjectives about uh what skills you have what soft skills you have and we know for a fact, and, and it really is, should only be used maybe as an icebreaker, a teen tool, or whatever. But we know for a fact that there are a lot of companies out there that use it for hiring. And it's a behavioral type of tool, but it mm-hmm. is just they check off everything that you, you know, that that is you that describes you and the intensity of it. Strongly agree, strongly Likert scale thing. Um, the problem is we know that extroverts will check off everything. I'm great at every single thing there is. And (laughs) introverts will be like, "Eh, I don't don't wanna boast or brag, so I'm gonna check off fewer. Um, And so it's not a reliable um, hiring tool at all. There's no validity to say that that would be useful as a hiring tool. Um, So a lot of it, yes, you wanna make sure that the tools have been validated uh, and there's some sort of validity study and, and for face validity, uh, reliability, those type of statistical measurements that they're done frequently. Uh, you don't have to do them every you know five minutes, but you want to have those to make sure that as populations change and uh, in, in if you do update uh, your tools and things like that, you want to revalidate them and look at them over time to see if there's any shifts. And some places have never validated uh, and, and it may sound very similar or may call it a disk or you know something like that. And you look at it and they just kind of copied something else, but they never validated it. So you want to make sure that you're using those tools that have been validated. You want to have multiple data points. Uh, you want to make sure that you have super high face validity. So if Sorry. I look at that, I go, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be measuring.
2: So I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh Talk about the Spectrum's validity process and the last time you uh, went through that.
1: We validate um, every year. Mm -hmm. We don't publish that stuff every year. So we just kind of um, check. We also check uh, based on different countries that we're in to -hmm. see if there's any shifts uh, in those populations. So, for example, we just... Uh, start a work in Ecuador. So we're going to use uh, our validations that we have done in South America for other countries, but we'll look at Ecuador as we get you know, more and more and more um, people and more s- people in the uh, sample set. So we always look at the data and we run uh, you know, the, the analysis on it And then we publish, we probably update um, every couple of years or so um, and just, you know, post if our numbers and that usually we see maybe a little slight shift in the numbers, but it's still very high uh, validity and reliability. But we like to still, we need to do that as opposed to some of the assessment companies out there buy their assessment from someone else or they copied. I, I know a number of assessment companies that just flat out copied somebody else's methodology. Um, and so they don't understand the tool well enough to actually validate it and do the things that they need to do. Uh, so, yeah, we we try to always keep up on that uh, analytical side of it.
2: Well, another, another behind the scenes factoid that uh, drove us to Jim's company, uh, because we know it's face validity has been checked. We know the, the results are checked every year. And uh, so we appreciate that very much. How about other questions, uh, Alyssa or Sue, that you've come across or that you can remember we've discussed that uh, we can get Jim's input on here today?
0: Well, obviously, we're big believers in the product that you have. Absolutely. Jim, but but as an expert on assessments in general, if if um, if one of our listeners is thinking of adding assessment tools into their hiring process, objectively speaking, what are some key things they should be looking for so that they are, are selecting assessments
1: that are really going to be useful? Right. So um, you wanna take the assessment, you wanna try it uh, and see the face validity if I'm answering this and this is supposed to be a leadership or a general work or or whatever, um, do the questions make sense? I don't need to try and figure it out and overanalyze it, but do they make sense or do they seem just uh, extrapolated out of the ordinary? Just, you know, uh, don't quite make sense. The other thing is the directions because there's some big, big assessment companies out there that are used all over the place and they will uh measure something but the directions don't actually ask the person to focus their attention or think about as they're answering the questionnaire so it's very vague and they do that so they can do a one-size-fits-all approach so whatever i'm doing this for um you know the person will know that that that's what we're doing it for, and therefore they'll focus there. Um, so look at the directions. They should be very, very specific and have you spe- focusing on specific things. Um, the other thing is for us, in, in whether it's DISC or something like that, uh, we do multi-part assessments. So most people with, a say, a DISC behavioral assessment, they will do what they call a part one and part two, and they'll say it's natural and adapted. But really, it's just funky math. Um, What they do is they ask one questionnaire. There's no general thing. It just says, rank these from most like me to least like me. Um, They throw away all the middle data. So the only thing they count is the most and the least answer. Everything that you struggled as you were between number one and number two and three and four that you were struggling on, they throw that out. And they only analyze your most and least. We analyze every single movement that you did. Um, we call it position analysis. And so, you, a lot of times, you weren't sure whether you that should be, you know, number one or number two. And so, we look at that. And we, since we measure and ask these things over and over again, we look at how many times you've you've ranked those things there, um, and then they'll say, okay, so we do the math and we add things up this way for the most and that's you naturally. And and then we'll add up all the least and subtract it from the total and that's you adapted. That's how they all do it uh, for that particular assessment. I don't care what company it is. What we do is we have two-part assessments because we do so many different psychometrics. We know a lot of different ways to do it. And we say over and over again, when you're not at work, When you're at home, when you're relaxed, when you're with family and friends, answer these. And that's going to calculate your natural style. And then we go, when you're at work, specifically at work, or when you're a student and you're in school, or when you're an athlete and you're playing your specific sport, how do you behave? Over and over and over. And then when we get those two answers, we know exactly that we're measuring those things and that's what was on their mind. So take the assessments, look at them, and then see if it, it maybe ask for a couple different versions and go, oh that's the same questionnaire. They just slapped a different report on the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that that's not the proper way to do that either. So phase validity
0: is clearly a number one thing to look at uh, absolutely.
1: For. Yeah. Cause I can't, you know, unless I'm doing a a, a super long Uh, psychoanalytical assessment that they're, you know, running and a psychologist is reading this, you know, some of those ask some bizarre abstracty things, but those are, we're trying to look at normal psychology. We can see abnormal psychology, but we really, we're we're not, we, we just want to focus on that. If we see something abnormal, I would refer them for further testing because there's something going on. I've seen PTSD. I've seen, uh you know super super low very concerning self-esteem uh and things like that where we go okay i'm just going to say they got a low self-esteem uh someone else should talk to them about that because we're not that's not the business that we're in is the abnormal psychology side of it
2: yeah and i can speak from uh, experience it isn't disc necessarily but on the motivators one of, on One of the final straws in shifting to Spectrum International, Jim, was that virtually everybody we assess was getting strong ROI indicators. And when I would interview them, it would be, I remember one, it was a graphics designer and his ROI was clearly very low, but he would rated pretty high. And uh, so that face validity is absolutely critical. And we depend on the fact of your knowledge and expertise to Keep us on the right track.
1: Oh, I was going to say, even um, when, because I've worked with a number of assessment companies before we started building our our own stuff, trying to help them make their stuff better. And what I I found is that a lot of them, there's so much bias built into the questionnaire, Mm. especially like on DISC, we found that um, high S's. There's so few of them working in that product development, or especially at the top of the organization, that the questions were almost negative. So you had all this, I like, you know, winning and I like people and all that. And then eh, it was some negative thing that a lot of people wouldn't answer because it wasn't a, the same scale as everything. Um, and we see that with the, the other, the axiology piece of it, the old stuff, you would have this um, super positive thing, um, uh, and then you would have a negative thing that was so much worse. that the, the scale, w- w- besides not pertaining to leadership, it was like, I love other people, and then I'm going to you know, blow up and kill everybody and poison the city's walk. And you're like, whoa, those are really, very really black different. and white. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you look at the assessments, you'll see the scales. If uh, on that particular um, style of psychometric, you'll see it's a very equally weighted on both ends. And it's pertaining to what we're trying to measure versus we're trying to measure psychopaths versus loving people or whatever that that probably originally that that original assessment um the person who did that uh escaped nazi germany and was trying to measure good versus mm. evil that's great and you can see that in the assessment tool but then you go ahead and throw that over there and go i'm measuring you know salespeople or or whatever and like, no, that, that, that's not well, what the plus, use is. Plus never that, intended for plus that. Plus that
2: happened three generations ago and things right. have changed.
1: Things have changed. And what you should be asking, uh, certainly, you know, uh, I remember 9-11 and they still had the p- blowing up an airliner in flight. And it was like, uh, that may not be one of your best statements to have in that, that yeah. thing, you know?
0: Like, just don't go there.
1: I, I wouldn't go there, yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, Jim, thank you very much. This is this has been very useful. I think a lot of our listeners will be appreciate understanding a little more about the validity and the legal side of assessments that they're using, whether they're using ours or somebody else's. You had mentioned uh, we'd talked earlier about a a uh, something you could do for our listeners, and one thing was a a complimentary assessment. And I'll just put a a uh, we'll we'll make that happen but I'll just put a parameter around that for our people that are listening. They've never taken an assessment. You'll find this very informative. Uh, And uh, for those that have taken the assessment or are familiar with them, uh, contact us because maybe we wanna refresh your assessment, but we wanna use this offer from Jim to really introduce this whole uh, process to you. So thank you, Jim.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and one thing uh, that I get a lot is people who have never heard of us. So they they'll be like, "Well, I know InScape, or I know this name, or I know this name, and I don't know your name." And the, the reason for that is because we white label all of our assessments, and so everyone can you know put their logos on there and and put their change the titles of them mm-hmm. um, because I don't have this ego and maybe it's not a great marketing strategy <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't care that our name is the one that's out there what I want is these tools to be used be available to people um, to just make lives better and uh, to help lots of people and make great fits in organizations. If you get hired by a company and you just, you faked it all the way through, you're probably not gonna be happy. They're not gonna be happy. So it's really mm-hmm. helping to, that's why we have career assessments. We have all these other mm-hmm. kinds of assessments so mm-hmm. that we can make sure that you find what you want to do uh, in life and that the company finds who they need and that everyone is, is happy to that end.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jim, I know you're always working to improve your current tools, but but also developing new ones. So, what's coming up?
1: Right. So we have we have a number of things. Um, I I sort of uh, always have meetings, and we we try to look at uh, either what's really needed. That's that's the biggest things people tell us we need this, we need that, um, and then how can we create that? How can we make it better? Um, But we've also always built into our systems the ability because going back to when I was in HR and I did training and development, I created tons and tons of questionnaires and I had to do it all in Flash, if you remember that Adobe Flash, which now no browser supports. Um, So I, I created that system in our system. So it's called Question Maker. And so you have the ability to create custom 360s, surveys, quizzes, um, and then hard skill assessments. And we have the ability to tack those on to our other assessments. So um, if you wanted, if you were hiring a computer programmer specific to your industry and you wanted to put in five or 10, computer programming questions and it could just be write a snippet of code that completes this or find the error in this, you could do that. It would auto grade it um, or they can be short answer. You know, If you wanted to do some basic interview questions and get those filtered out as well at the same time uh, or intake forms, whatever that's built in there. And what we're going to be doing is creating a lot more of those type of hard skill Um, Whether it's spatial reasoning, following directions, reading between the lines, listening, uh, observation, all of those type of things, uh, we'll be adding as well. And then in question maker, you have the ability to actually edit those as well. So we have sample leadership 360s and stuff. You can go in there and go, okay, for us, we need to add this and this and this or these demographic questions and then these other questions don't even pertain to us. So we're going to go ahead and get rid of those. And so that, you know, scaling that up a lot more is what we're working on right now. Right. So
0: if if there are folks that are listening that want to reach out to you directly, how do they do that?
1: They can go to our website, spectrumassessments.com or jim at spectrumassessments.com. Either way uh, is the best way to uh, get a hold of us, and we can answer any questions. Uh, obviously, uh, you guys have a wealth of knowledge, and you have also your own methodologies and systems and process that adds tremendous value to the assessments and to hiring and, and all of that good stuff. So they can also contact you, uh, and you'll put somewhere the link for the assessment for them to try. And yeah, uh, yeah that, that's the best way.
2: Well, Jim, thank you so much for not one, but two very informative podcasts. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to another 20 years of, of uh, knowing you.
1: Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. Bye now. All right. Bye.
0: So thank you for listening to another episode of Strategic Talent Management's People Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe to get notifications for new episodes. And for more information on Strategic Talent Management, click on the link to our website
1: in the podcast description.